Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cape Cod Writers Studio. Um, uh, writers are about to, <laughs> here comes Victoria. It's a beautiful day here on the Cape. Hi, Victor. Hi, Victoria. Hi. Are... You know, we're live. We're being recorded. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know you're working. Yeah, I'm happy to be able to join this week. Oh, good. Yeah, because we're going to be short. Ellen can't come today, and um, Charles won't be here today. So, Got it. yeah, so we'll be a short group, I think. Um, Gloria hasn't said anything, so she's not here yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I see you're outside. It's beautiful out, isn't it, huh? I am. It is so lovely. I know I couldn't resist being outside, though. I'll keep muting myself when I'm not talking. My neighbor is building something next door, so you might be able to hear him hammering away. <laughs> That's okay. Gloria's coming in. I hear doggies. Hi. Yeah, also Here the neighbors. Oh, hi. hi, Gloria. Hi, Gloria. How are you? I don't have a dog. <laughs> no, I know you don't have a dog. <laughs> um, Charles, Charles won't be here today. And um, Ellen won't be here today. So we may be a small group. Yeah, never heard from uh, Jeffrey. No, I haven't heard from him either. And I, you know, I did um, email him and I also left him a message. So I don't know. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I hope he's all right too. So Victoria, did you write anything for today? I have a poem that I would like to share with you all. And I um, have not written it in the past couple of weeks. I was writing another poem. I have, um, I like to do most of my writing in pen and paper, but I have a note on my phone for when a thought comes to me and I don't have a piece of paper. And as I was jotting down notes for something while I was out a couple weeks ago, I noticed that I had this poem that I wanted to share with you all. And I have no idea when I wrote it. It was just in this, <laughs> buried in this note. Um, so that's the one that I would like to, to share with you all. But yeah, I don't know when I wrote it. Okay, well, we'll give, you know, we'll hang on for another couple of minutes anyhow. And of see, course. you know, if anybody else shows up. It's such a beautiful day. You know, wouldn't, um, yeah, Charles, Charles wrote and said that he had hurt his back, so he oh, wasn't yeah. doing much of anything. Yeah, and oh, um, that's too bad. Yeah, I know. And um, Ellen uh, is going. She's going. She's going on vacation for a couple. You know, a couple of weeks, so she won't be with us, which is fine. So what a good reason. That's so lovely. <laughs> I know. Yeah, guess where she's going? She's going to Nashville, lucky thing. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I hope she brings back lots of pictures to share with us. So Nashville. Nashville? She's going to Nashville? Yeah, she and her brother. Oh. I hope this I is... hope the hurricane doesn't get up there. Oh, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, you're right. Boy, it's really battering Florida. Is it really? I haven't I haven't tracked it at all. Oh, where is it? Where is it right now? Well, it's offshore, but the bottom part of the winds are are going uh, to Tampa, but they're going south too, towards Fort Myers. Ooh. And then some of the rains are going to the west coast of Florida. Wow. So, so who knows what's going to happen up the East Coast next week. You can't, yeah. can't, can't know what this little, I mean, this terrible, terrible <laughs> hurricane is doing. Hmm. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, um, 
I had an email from David Nadowski, and um, he <laughs> he said this hurricane was getting a bead on his condo <laughs> because he has a, a condo in Florida, so he was a little nervous about that. And you know, um, there were a lot of people that um, live here on the Cape that also have property in in uh, Florida. So well, let's just hope it 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 isn't terribly severe. Well, it's a hard uh, five, so it's pretty severe. Okay, Miss um, Victoria, would you like to um, read your poem, or do you want? Should we let Gloria go first? What should we do here? <laughs> Either way, I'm happy. Either way, I mean, it's. Um not terribly long so either way is just fine with me oh here comes paul hang on he's connecting up so he'll, he'll be with us in a few minutes there he is hello 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 hi, paul. paul hi how you doing good have you met you've met victoria have you not Oh, okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. Did we? Okay. Well, good. Hi. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, nice to see you again. <laughs> Same here. I can only stay an hour. We're going to look at a dog, my wife and I. Oh. Rescue. Nice. That we may adopt. Yeah. Oh, what kind and where? Um, it's a it's a small dog. It's uh, it come it came up from the south as most of them do. And uh, what kind? It's basically whatever was on the street that week. <laughs> yeah. So cute dog. Oh, how nice, though. Yeah. How nice. I'm so glad people do that, um, you know, because there are so many puppies, animals out there that need adopting. And so that's great. Yeah. And there's so many horrible stories that about what these dogs have gone through that it's beyond belief. Um, you know, some of us forget our humanity in dealing with creatures of other species, it would seem. Yeah. Did you bring something to read today or are you just going to? No, I was just going to um, be here. Okay, no problem. All right. So, um, Gloria, Victoria, who wants to go first? Me. Okay. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I'm writing this grandmother book. And I have 15 interviews scheduled. And I've done about four of them. And they've been all so wonderful. And I take notes. And the book will be not, it'll be anonymous. So I'm not going to write it uh, from the interviews. I'm going to take and the themes from the interviews and then weave a story. Um, so, uh, so far I've interviewed um, a Jewish friend, a Catholic friend, a woman, a black woman, a 96 year old woman, and my friend in Cleveland, who's a, an electrician, <coughs> was asking me about what I was going to do with this book. And I said, well, you know, I described it. And I said, the only per uh, type I haven't um, gotten uh, an interview with is from the LGBTQ plus community. And he said, well, I may be able to help you with that. And so he is an electrician and he is working uh, in Ohio with this LGBTQ community. They're building a community center. And so he put me in touch with this trans woman who is also a grandmother. So I'm feeling really great about how this is going. So uh, my the first story that I, uh, made out of one interview 
or a couple of interviews is the one called When You Itch, I Scratch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if, Victoria, you heard that one, or Paul, you did. But anyway, I'm going to go from where I en ended um, last week. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So that I don't take too much time. All right. Uh, so the heroine of this little story is an older woman called Dolores. Uh, and she uh, lives alone. She's a widow. And she, her children, her sons are trying to get her to move into a uh, community. And so she doesn't see her grandchildren too often. So she's seen uh, one family, uh, and I'll, I'll read a little bit of that. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. The doorbell interrupted her reverie. Dolores um, walked and looked out the side window near the front door. Gloria, excuse me, yeah. hon. You don't yeah. have it up. Do you want to put it up? Oh, I don't? No, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, you didn't. Okay. Oh, here it goes. There you go. Okay, perfect. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Few people came around, and Amazon would silently leave the package at the door. She could <laughs> not believe her eyes. Standing there were five of her family Lisa, Ron, Maggie, and Danny. She blinked, thinking this must be an apparition but they were still there. Come in, come in, what a surprise, she shouted in her best, best grandmotherly voice while hugging these tall children standing before her. Hi, Grandma, we are here to stay with you for a few days. Wow, only you two or the people behind you too? Uh, uh, Dolores made her way to hug the parents. Ron laughed. We need a break from these kids, so they are all yours for the weekend. Of course, of course, they can stay as long as they wish. Dolores marveled at these tall, slim grandchildren with curly brown hair streaked with highlights of different colors and bleached by the sun. Dawn, at 14, had blossomed into a young woman, buxom and bold in her off-the-shoulder, cleavage-revealing white blouse falling right above her navel. She and Owen looked like twins with long hair and tattoos peeking out from the rolled up sleeves. He was following in her footsteps as they wanted to make sure no one confused them with their conservatively dressed and uncool parents. He forced his two-year-old sister to gawk at his early resemblance to Mick Jagger. Dolores made an enormous effort to overlook their appearances and welcome the family to come in and have refreshments before the luggage was unloaded and the parents drove away for their romantic getaway. When she returned from the kitchen, Dolores noticed the seating arrangements. There was Dawn, sitting on her father's lap, while Owen plopped down at Maggie's feet resting his head on his mother's thighs. A small hole opened in her brain as a picture of a different family portrait from her own life revealed itself in stark black and white. Mommy, why can't you and Daddy stay here with us? I'll miss you guys. Oh, Owen, I will miss you too. It's only for a few days. We'll call you every day. Is this the first time you and the kids have been apart? Dolores wondered about this parenting style where the family members are so devoted to their children, they put the kids ahead of the marital relationship. Well, we try not to have too many separations. After all, parents have little precious time before they are off with their own lives. <laughs> Daniel attempted to defend his and Lisa's position. He knew that his mother had noted the many hours his wife spent baking cookies for the football team or holding tailgating parties for every game Owen played. We enjoy being part of the children's lives, encouraging their athletic pursuits as long as they keep up their grades. 
Dolores retreated into her bubble, but could not help thinking about the downsides of having two parents involved in every aspect of the children's lives and tying their social lives to football, finding friends at the eating, drinking, tailgating parties. What did they do in winter? Dawn was a swimmer at the YMCA, and Danny coached, allowing for more seasonal events for parents and kids. Were these parents reliving their own high school lives and living through their children? The weekend was a lopsided affair, driven by the opposite schedules of the young and the old. Dolores, accustomed to an early bedtime, 10 at the latest, and an early arousal, 6 at the earliest, while Dawn and Owen kept night owl hours and late morning awakenings, followed by sleepy head fogginess until they came back to life around 1 p.m. By that time, Dolores was ready for an afternoon nap. <laughs> Old habits die hard for both generations. Good afternoon, sweeties. What can I make you for lunch? I wasn't expecting you, so my choices are sparse. Not to worry, Grandma. Mommy packed us our favorite breakfast bars. Owen replied as he pulled out a dozen neatly packed bars from a plastic bag decorated with a red heart. Dawn and I usually have a cup of java. We do need our rocket fuel to wake up. Okay, I guess the old days of breakfast with scrambled eggs and bacon are things of the past for you. We have a big family breakfast on Sundays before we go on bike rides. No more Sunday church services? Nah, Dawn and I were bored, so Mom and Dad pitched that routine. Back into the bubble go I. Before Dolores made a snide remark, she heard her granddaughter's footsteps walking down the hall as she watched Dawn talking on her phone. Daddy, yes, we are up and going to have lunch with Grandma. No, everything is fine. See you tomorrow afternoon. Love you. Dolores sighed, took a deep belly breath, and made a promise to overlook the family behaviors and enjoy the short time available with her grandchildren before the helicopter parents swooped down to retrieve and smother them with parental love. Those brief minutes of conversation and engagement brought relief to Doris, relieving her of her fears that her grandchildren were lacking in social skills. They revealed nothing about their inner lives, but regaled her with stories about friends' adolescent dramas. She wondered whether they shared these stories of sexual encounters and drug use with their parents, but she did not ask. If they did tell all, then how did they expect their parents to respond? Condone the behaviors? What happened to parental sharing amongst themselves to assist their children navigate adolescence? Should grandma express her concerns with her son and his wife? If she did, would they listen? How would it affect her relationship with these grandchildren? Thoughts for another day. Enjoy these moments. Who knows if there will be another opportunity. Following the family's departure, Dolores tried to put her thoughts in order. She recalled the last visit of Peter's family. Peter is her other son. Peter had fallen in love with a lovely Irish lass who came from a large Catholic family. Lisa and Peter did not let religious differences interfere with family life. Both were not strict observers, but Lisa's values shaped the parenting style. Peter followed her lead while he pursued his medical career. While a good, caring father, he was not a hands-on parent when the children were young. Dolores recalled their visit in great detail. Lisa had called to arrange a date convenient for me and for Peter's busy schedule. Upon arrival on a Sunday day in June of 2021, Peter and Lisa hugged me and handed me a large bouquet of flowers and a box of dark chocolates. Lisa knew those chocolate-covered almonds were my favorite dessert. <laughs> Grandma Simpson, I bet you don't recognize me. You are correct. You have grown a foot since I 
saw you last year. What have you been eating, Stephen? He never stops eating, Mom. Our grocery bills have doubled this year. Peter whispers in my ear as he gives me a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Dolores turned her attention to the tall redhead walking towards her. And this is the lovely Sandra. Come here, sweetie, and give me a hug. Sandra complied, wrapping her bloused arms around Dolores. We're almost finished. Um, uh, wait a minute. Giving her a long, tight squeeze. Grandma, it's so good to see you again. The family had settled in and rejoined Dolores on the front porch where she had prepared her lemonade and assortment of cheeses and cookies. So tell me all about yourselves, children. What have you been up to this past year? Stephen, sitting in his late grandfather's rocking chair, was the first to respond. Well, I've been studying for my SATs because I want to get a scholarship to Notre Dame. It's very difficult to get into that school, but I am the quarterback for my high school team, so that should give me a chance. Do you have second and third choices? Should Notre Dame fall through? Sure thing, Grandma. I plan on applying to Georgetown and Duke University, too. It sounds as if you want to go to schools far from home. Oh, Mom and Dad encouraged me to look at all possibilities. I plan to apply to the University of Virginia, close to home, but that's not high on my list. Those are wise parents, Stephen. They want the best for you, offering support and guidance, but allowing you to make the best decision. And we've won him out of the house so we can clean his bedroom mess. Peter <laughs> laughed and poked his son's arm in a playful gesture. And how about you, lovely Sandra? What do you do other than homework? Sandra giggles and winking at her mother says, I cook, pick up Stephen's messes, and help mother clean out the stalls at the stable. The family laughs at Sandra's caustic sense of humor. I'm not much of a student, but I do the basic minimum to keep me out of trouble at home. I'm more interested in becoming an actress than a scholar or stay-at-home mom. Are you active in your high school drama club? Yes, Grandma, although it is a small department in my high school. Beaumont is tiny compared to Stevens Public High School. I was the lead in last year's production of Mamma Mia. Yes, you would have enjoyed the production, Mom, and you would be able to attend if you lived closer to us. Peter smiled, introducing one of what would be a repeat performance in the coming years. Dolores ignored the implication and continued to focus on her grandchildren and their activities. These conversations remained a precious trove of memories she stored in her vault. During these long winter months, she would visit that special place, relive those scenes, relish the positive, and ignore her fears and apprehensions about her two families. She kept telling herself, that variety is the spice of life, and grandmothers must continue to learn what it is they cannot change. Grandmother worry is forever present, but Dolores told her to heed the old saying, it's not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> so the whole the theme of this from two interviews was... Uh, you know, kind of an enmeshed family in one of the grandchildren. Uh, that's the whole idea of when you itch, I scratch, versus the other kind of more boundary-focused family in the other. So that's it. <laughs> I'll be silent. Um, no, good. I, I like the story. I really like the story. It's um, you, you've woven a lot of different things throughout, and it really is nice. It really is, um, <laughs> and it's so hard, isn't it, being a grandmother and trying to keep your mouth shut? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> we all I mean, know that one. <laughs> yeah, through these interviews, it's uh, you know, I, I, I got they, this was based on two interviews I did with grandmothers 
And so yeah. I picked up those themes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. Up near the up near the beginning, um, two two things that I, I got a red flag. Okay, a hole in her brain. Do you remember where that is? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, where is it? Yeah, you don't like that. Um, I think you might, because you're a really good writer, I think you might be able to find a different way to express that. I find it jarring. Okay. It, it yanks you out of the uh, the story. There's something about it that's just very jarring. Okay. So I'll, I'll do that. I will find I will find some other way of doing that. Okay. Okay. Any other suggestions? Yeah. One more thing, Gloria. Um, breath. She took a deep breath. I forget exactly where it was, but you have an E on it, which means breathe. So um, you just have to take the E off. Yeah. Wherever wherever that may be. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that uh, uh, huh, because uh, it showed up in my, uh, you know, that uh, pro writing thing. So oh, I okay. It. Yeah, I change it, but I'll change it back. I think this is the American version, B-I-R-E-A-T. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, good. Anything else? Um, I don't know, uh, Paul. I don't know, Paul. Um. <clears throat> I guess one of the problems I have is that the conversations seem all very similar. So I lose track of who you're talking to, or who the, who the grandmother is talking to. And one of the problems is that they're, um, the characters don't seem that interesting or that different in, in my mind. Like they, they don't have any real kind of overt uh, irregularity so that there's a way in which you're looking at a lot of trees and you don't really sort of see them as individuals. Um, that's, the whole, that's the whole point of it. You know, the, the, the uh, grandchildren, uh, Ron's grandchildren are, they are more of vanilla. They're more alike than they are different. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. I think you still have to find a way to make it interesting because um, you don't want to lose your reader. You have, oh. you have to give the reader enough spice that, that he or she wants to stay with the dish. Oh, okay. Does All that make right. sense? Well, yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to make it real. Uh, uh, I understand. Yeah, not contrived. Uh, and put and it, it, does se- it does seem real. But, but the problem is that um, if, you, if you wander too much into what seems like mundane reality, it loses its interest. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, how? Where would you suggest I put in some little excitement there, or differentiation? You're saying, you know, I should differentiate between the kids. Well, yeah. I, I guess my problem was I I couldn't remember which kids you were talking to, and and it, it made me realize that I didn't have enough um, yeah. tent poles to hold up that particular tent. Um, <laughs> If the, if the children were, if they had somewhat more uh, exotic or surprising characteristics, or if they had uh, senses of humor that were a little obnoxious, um, just any, I don't quite have to tell you because this is your story. I don't want to write it for you, but I think it's just a matter of maybe making them more individualistic. Well, okay. I mean, I I hear I hear you. You know, I I have the opposite view that I want to make them really uninteresting grandchildren because they are so attached to their parents. And well, then then you have to make the grandmother more interesting. I mean, you have to you have to balance that off. In other words, just because you got to keep your reader satisfied, I think, or at least have a little mystery there. Oh, you know. Okay. All right. Well, I will look at it again. I put it, I put them away and then I look at it again and I've taken notes on what you've said. I, uh, I will do that. 
my my point here was to uh, kind of expand on the themes from these two interviews. Mm -hmm. You know, the lapse, the lapsing of a fourteen-year-old. You know, uh, uh, was a, a reality for the person who gave me this interview. <clears throat> so, but I will, I will try to make it a little more. Uh, I, um, I have a question, uh, Gloria. If yeah. you've combined two in this, would it not have been better to separate? Would no, that I mean, have the themes, the themes from two interviews, you know, I. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah, All the right. Themes from two interviews. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I will, I will look at those. Thank you. I will look and see. Yeah. Um, I, I don't find Dolores um, uninteresting. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> because I identify with Dolores, but I don't find her uninteresting at all. I, find I liked Ron's I liked Doris. Um, Doris. Yeah, I liked her, and I think that I found myself wanting to know more about her thoughts, which I think might be sort of building on what Paul's saying, which is like, I think that developing Dolores's inner life and like maybe having her say the remark that she is holding back but like having her say that to the reader to develop a little like I think that if you share a little bit more of Dolores even if she's not sharing it publicly with her children or her grandchildren um like I definitely found myself sort of a little like wondering like oh like because there, there's a lot of very complex interpersonal relationships and so I don't know if you would want to do that from a narrator who isn't Dolores, but maybe like a third party who's just sort of watching the whole thing or more of Dolores's information, like more of her inner thought. But I definitely feel like that could be really interesting. And um, I obviously don't want to speak for Paul, but maybe that would add like a little bit more of the sort of spices he was saying just to to bring a little bit more richness to her character. No, I think I think what you're saying is is actually a good way of of creating more of that um, spice. I I think if you know you could have things that that Dolores means to say, and but she bites her tongue, you know. Mm -hmm. so here, here you see. Uh, um, uh, you weren't here last week when I read read the first part. Yeah, and that's exactly what I do. I follow. I I introduce Dolores and mm -hmm. what her issues are, what her thoughts are. Um, I don't want to take more time in reading it, but uh, 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 the uh, the first uh, you know, three pages of this was all about Dolores and how she's responding to be a widow, being a widow, and responding to the pressures of her children to go into a facility near uh, near her oldest son. Mm -hmm. So if you've set that foundation, Gloria, then I think it might feel very natural to sort of build from some of those pieces that you've included about her in the first three pages, and then sort of have the reader be then clued in to the things that you sprinkle from what you read us today, right? So like you could say, like Dolores thought about like how it was only this morning she was thinking about how she was worried about her grandchildren and here they were sort of like playing out her worst right like sort of connecting the foundation that you bet like I think that you could sort of do what Paul and I are saying which is continue to develop her character from the foundation that you built when you introduce her like I don't um I, I think that you could sort of create that because if you set that really strong foundation then it would only enrich it to include it in the you know, as you keep going, I have to. I have to uh, kind of maybe uh, enlarge the last paragraph. Dolores ignoring the implication, continuing to focus on her grandchildren. These conversations remained a precious trove. Whoops, whoops. <laughs> and and uh, you know, grandmother worries forever present, but Dolores told her to heed the old saying: "It's not my circus, not my monkeys." Maybe I'll I'll try to 
put a little more in there and then maybe expand the first part to uh, tie, tie it together. Okay, thank you. Well, let me just say one more thing because your last sentence has more energy and life than everything that I saw preceding it. Not my circus, not my monkeys. It really kind of has a startling quality that I think you should somehow try to inject into the earlier part. Oh, okay. Ah, good point. Well, you know, the, for me, the whole idea of th this family is not excitement because they're not exciting people. The kids, you know, maybe I could enlarge on the kids. You know, I tried to make them into typical teenagers, like getting up, uh, going to bed late, getting up early, you know, um, and the kid being so focused on getting into school and playing football. Uh, but I can enlarge all of those so they're a little more different. Okay, I will do that. I, I will look at that again. I'll put it away and then bring it back out. Thank you. Okie doke. Hey, good job though. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, the yeah. complexity of those relationships. Yeah. That was definitely really interesting. And I will apologize whenever I'm unmuted, my neighbor is doing some carpentry work. So I apologize for the, the noise in the background. Okay. So I'm gonna stop the share. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Sarah, I, I decided oh. I'll share I'll share a story at some point if you want because uh, it seems unfair not not to share because I've got something I, I wrote recently and it's actually going to be uh, put in a, a magazine slash fiction. Oh, good so. job! Do you want Victoria to go first and then you do your story, or do you want to go first? Um, either way, it's fine with me. What would Gloria want? I mean, Victoria won. Excuse me. Either is just fine with me. <laughs> Let's do your poem, hon. Okay. Okay. Do you have it? Um, can you put it up? I do, yeah. Let me just get it. Get it up here. Um, all right. I labeled this my apology. I don't think that I want to keep that the title. That was just so that I could find it um, later as I made the word doc. All right. I still think of you. I know now that I should have given you my apology wrapped around a brick. So when I handed it to you, you could feel the weight of my sorry in your hands. I don't know all the ways in which I've hurt you and your heart but I still torture myself with the what's and the what's ifs and the golden threads of conversations. I remember other people saying when they saw the way we looked at each other. Would it matter to be able to tell you I can now name the feelings that scared me shitless then? Would it matter to you that I finally processed them seven years later? You seem to have moved on, but then again, so have I. I will keep holding this brick waiting to drop it in your hands, waiting to feel lighter, and hoping the memory of it doesn't weigh the same. Oh, love the first Excellent. Day. Excellent. Oh, wow. I love yeah. the imagery of uh, wrapping the sorrow around the brick. I think right. that's yeah. just very powerful. A wonderful image. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's really free verse, isn't it, uh, Victoria? So... Mm -hmm. Let me ask you if I, I understand what you do you doing with me say you could feel the weight of my sorrow. Would it would it make it would it somehow it throws me off with the word sorrow sorry rather than sorrow, and, I, and it may mm -hmm. be intentional on your on your part, but um, I guess I'll just ask that because it's the yeah, weight of I sorrow. Hmm? Sorry, no, I I appreciate that. Um... Maybe what I can do is a line break because I was trying to do the image of or or um, describe saying like I'm sorry as a, 
and rather than just my sorrow, right? Like trying to trying to give someone an apology. And so maybe if I create some sort of line break where saying like, or maybe you could feel the weight of I'm sorry in your hands or something like that. You could just really, put close to really sorry. Like, I like I like the mm -hmm. way it is of my sorry, because then you go down to the third stanza and 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 you know you have another kind of thing that is um, like a common the way people talk uh, scared me shitless. You know that mm -hmm. kind of shocked me as did the weight of my sorry. So mm -hmm. I. I like it. I, I, I wasn't saying I disliked it. I was just questioning yeah. whether or not um, yeah. you might I, think about doing it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate both. Thank you. Okay. But very, very powerful. Um, you, you, you convey some very heavy emotions without weighing anybody down. I think that was very well done. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, really. Good job, hon. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, you know what's nice <laughs> when you you read it, and I knew it was over, but I still was waiting for more. Mm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's I know. Fine. No, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Well, wait, well, that's just in terms of um, structure. I you know much more about poetry than I do, but. Um, you know, the second, third, and last stanza have long endings. Would mm -hmm. that be a way you could um, change uh, the, the first stanza? You could feel the weight of sorry and put in your hands? Would that make it, I mean, that would kind of make it a long one. A, a, mm -hmm kind of go yeah the one in the uh, in this one uh, would it matter to be able to tell you I can now name the feelings that's yeah. shitless then would it matter to you that I finally process them seven years later um, yeah beautiful yeah I like that Gloria I definitely appreciate that suggestion um and what I'm thinking is that maybe because even as I was reading it, I sort of felt like some of the line breaks, like how I was reading it, the line breaks were different than how it was written. Um, and I can't remember, Gloria, if you were here when Sharon was asking me if I had anything to read. And I said, I found something that I haven't, I don't know when I wrote it. This was just in a note in my phone that I had sort of like had this thought and like jotted it down. And so this is exactly how I wrote it. When, whenever that was um and so I'm, I'm appreciating that um that push to look at the line breaks because I think that there is a lot more intention that I could bring to to some of it so thank you for that okay Honestly, well, I'm a little in-house poet it's so nice <laughs> no but it's refreshing because it, it's beautiful it really is um Paul I know okay. you have to leave, yes, so. Um, okay, I'm planning to do this if I can make sure that that was open. Is this gonna work? I don't quite know. I, let, me, let me just read it for the moment and. Uh, okay. It's not that long. So I will just read it if that's okay with people. Sure. Sure. Okay. Planes going overhead. <laughs> the title is Love in No Man's Land. He had dared step out from the anonymity of his own safe territory to a zone where the enemy could attack at will at any moment. He had been here before, so he knew what to expect. Within five seconds after beginning to call out to his heart's companion, the enemy fire would begin. Left, right, the artillery could come from either side. High, low, you could never anticipate the arc of the incoming trajectory. Heavy, light, the frequency of the firing was mercurial, often depending on the moon, mood of his unseen adversaries and the nature of the weapons they had to hand. 
you would think the presence of danger would inhibit his behavior, that the cough syrup bottle that hit him on the nose last night might have soothed his ardor if it did nothing for his scratchy throat. There was a time he could have called out to his girlfriend at 3 a.m. with impunity for long minutes at a stretch, a time when he could have sat on any segment of the back alley fence and catawalled without fear of human threats and imprecations, without the eruption of curses soon to be followed by enemy artillery fire, shoes, sneakers, old 45 records, soup spoons, cough syrup bottles, broken umbrellas, and half-filled plastic garbage bags. But that was three weeks ago, a veritable lifetime to a cat in love. Soon <laughs> after he first met his Juliet and had his heart stolen for life. How quickly his worst fears had been realized and the lesson quickly burnt into his tiny cat's brain that human beings, the strangest creatures he knew, had no place in their hearts for love at 3 a.m. That's it. <laughs> so unexpected. <laughs> get, Paul, why you, you love to get after me for being boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, as I said before, your ad man really comes out in your writing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <It's> wonderful. <laughs> I'm still chuckling. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I was bored at the beginning. I thought, where in the heck is this going? <laughs> then, uh, then the fence got bored. <laughs> Okay, Victoria, what's your comments? I mean, we're all <laughs> I thought it was really clever. I liked the I liked the twist. I liked when you revealed it, and um, I thought the last line um, about the human humans being the strangest creatures, and that we have no room in our in our heart for love at three a.m. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, it's just adorable. Especially to a cat lover. Yeah. <laughs> Just adorable. Thank you. I was picturing both sides too, right? Like when I lived in the city and some creature, you know, out would be perched on the chain like fence outside howling and just being like, oh, wow, I wish. But then also, you know, loving animals and, and the perspective is great. So, yeah. I was surprised you didn't have more about the noises, you know, of the. To give us a clue at the beginning and noises, you know. I didn't want to give you a clue at the beginning. Yeah, that was the idea of it. What? What? What is that? I'm I said sorry. I didn't want to give you a clue beyond oh, what I didn't want to give you. me a clue. Oh. No, no, that was. The, I wanted to lead you along. I was basically offering you little cat treats <laughs> and walking you through that piece. But it was. <laughs> Well, I thought it was going to be a serious piece about battlefield, but then all of a sudden, yeah, yep, I, yep. I wish a little hint had come in. <laughs> How many words is it, Paul? Did you? I didn't count you, it. You, oh, okay. You said flash fiction. But... Well, it's probably about eight, nine hundred. Yeah. See. I, I figured it out pretty quickly. Okay. We're not going uh, anywhere. Yeah. 416. <laughs> it's so adorable. Absolutely. Yeah, you could, you could uh, give me the hint, put in a little a sentence about the hint, and you could make it up to 500. And, um, and were you thinking of, oh, I'm sorry, Gloria. Uh, yeah, you were you thinking of sending this to uh, like Cat Fancy, if that magazine is still around? I don't know. It's going to appear in a online publication called 10 by 10. 10 by and 10. It's a fellow that uh, he's, he's, he's a member of the other writers group I belong to, the Bagel Bards. And he, uh, he puts out this monthly online uh, flash fiction book, 10 by 10. And it's 10 authors with 10 pieces of flash fiction. Oh. 
So he won't he won't publish anything that's been published elsewhere. I'd have to wait until after. Thank you. Have a good day. Sorry. Um, so I, at the moment, I wouldn't I wouldn't publish. I wouldn't send it to anyone until after it appears in that, which is next month. That's <laughs> adorable. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Then if you if you send it to some of those other flash fiction um, sites, you know they say uh, we won't accept anything that has been published anywhere else. Yeah. Some do and some don't. Oh, really? I have a piece oh. coming out in a magazine called Alien Buddha Zine. Actually, I have a couple of pieces coming out in the different publications of this. And uh, both of those appeared in my book. I have a book of short pieces that I wrote called How to Train a Rock. And, How to uh, Train a Rock? Yes. yes. Do it's, I one have... books, it's one of the books that I put up on the uh, site. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. And it's it, that's all short pieces. It's all, I used to write a column for a newspaper, um, the Mariner Group's papers, and uh, it's 50 pieces that I wrote over the years for them. So they have big readership, like some of these flash fiction sites? Or are they kind of a closed shop or what? You mean the, the one that's appearing in next uh, month? I have no idea how big his readership oh. is. And the Alien Buddha zine, I have no idea how big their readership is, but they have uh, a pretty healthy uh, writer base. Uh, the size of the publication is pretty hefty. So um, I suspect at least that many writers are, are also subscribers. So it's not, it's all online, right? Yeah. Not, not the Buddha alien zine, Alien Buddha zine. That's uh, probably, Oops. Okay, that's probably online, but it's also uh, a physical publication. Oh. I get it in the mail. Oh, okay. So that little uh, alarm going off means that I've got to head out, guys. Yeah, I know. Okay. Fun with the puppy. Good luck with the puppy. Thank you. Have a bring, great day. Bring, bring pictures. Bring pictures. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Okay, thanks. Have a Bye good now. one. Bye. Okay. He's gone. Okay. Wow, that was adorable. Now, our hour is just about up um, for the uh, podcast. So I can end it here. And, you know, then we can chat if you'd like. Sure, that sounds good. Okay, we'll stop the recording. Thank you for listening, everybody. Copyright 2022, Cape Cod Writers Studio. This podcast is the intellectual property of the participants and is copyright under all copyright laws. Quote, this is a creative work of the writers and authors fixed in a tangible medium. All rights are reserved by the Digital Millennium Copyright Act in 1998. It is a 1998 United States copyright law that implements two 1996 treaties of the World Intellectual Property Organization. Thank you for listening.